All right. Um, this is episode number two, if you would, week number two of our Lift Church podcast. And um, it is a blessing for me to get to share my heart today, but I have my dear friend, my brother in the Lord, Ron Tolson, with me. And so he was here Sunday morning mm-hmm. ministering in our house, but then also uh, he is now going to be kind of helping me unpack the day, talk about um, just the things that I shared and maybe asking some questions to uh, help those that were a part of our house or maybe someone who is newer to our house even, um, just kind of feeling out who we are, get a little bit more clarity from the things that I shared on Sunday. And so it's really organic. I've tried to purposely, (laughs) (laughs) which could be I don't know, you know, that could be a little risky, I think, at times with you and I. Preachers talk too much already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for I'm sure. going to try to keep it for, to 30 minutes um, the best I can. We make no promises. We're going to let the Lord lead, but also uh, try to, to just share my heart specifically because I've been casting vision for the church and mm-hmm. been seeking the Lord, man, for a long time about that. And so, Ron, um, what do you think, man? I'll, I'll kind of hand it off to you to maybe... Talk a little bit, share your heart, and and ask questions, whatever that may look like, and then I'll participate with you. I I don't think I could write notes fast enough yesterday. Wow. In fact, I was going to ask you for your notes because uh, you you unpacked a whole lot in the time frame that you had. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite things about yesterday was the the passage of Scripture you used. Mm. And uh, I even, I, I write in my Bible. I typically carry a notebook with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring one on this time uh, on my trip. So I ended up just writing in my Bible, put your name there. I put the <laughs> title of your message. Mm. I wrote down some of your thoughts. And I, I just love that you used the Great Commission mm-hmm. to to express and to cast the vision for, uh, for our church and to make very clear. You were so clear yesterday mm. that um, you really checked the boxes off. If, if someone had questions yesterday, it's certainly a more like a, a deeper dive into what you were saying because you checked a lot of the boxes. You gave a lot of the vision for Lyft and, uh, and left no stone unturned. It's, I even wrote the vision in my Bible. <laughs> that blesses me. I mean, that's the attempt is to try to hone it down and make it as lean as possible. One, because of the amount of time mm-hmm. that I have to do so. I knew that I'd have these moments to have conversations to unpack it more as time went on. But in that initial opening up my heart and sharing the scriptures and vision for this house, I, I tried to have it whittled down to simplicity. But that's really even the nature of the vision, is whittling it down to the leanest, most essential foundational elements, because those are the things that stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when you have those things, um, no matter what flavor or season a church finds itself in, if it focuses on those things, it maintains what it's supposed to be, which is being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And so that was my heart, was to, to stay focused in on that. And what better place to start than the Great Commission? For sure. All of us as Christians are called to this, and, and uh, you've heard it many times, you've been around church, it's not the great suggestion, <laughs> yeah. it's the great commission. You've been commissioned by Christ to do these things, um, not to pursue your own comfort, to find your warm and fuzzies, a faith that makes you feel better simply for your happiness, but in general, you find Christ 
which brings a, a joy and a contentment that propels you forward to live out a great commission, mm-hmm. to tell others about him. You know, you can't be quiet about it once you start to, to meet him. And so my heart was that, that this, the great commission is to go and make disciples, and you make disciples of whom? Jesus. And so he has to be Lord before anything else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. <clears throat> One of the things that I, as I've been rereading the text, I've read it several times now that you shared yesterday. One of the statements that stands out to me is uh, where the Jesus's disciples went to the mountain that Jesus mm. had directed them, and I think that that alone is a standout moment for me, mm. because for church people, uh, I spent many years just being part of the church people. Mm. Uh, we see the vision oftentimes as this mountain that seems insurmountable. Hmm. And the way that you broke down clarity of the church, the mission of the church, the community of the church, and the worship of the church really helped to remove the stones of uh, objection, the stones of like misunderstanding, uh, of what those things are. I love how you did that yesterday. You even, for me, being in church ministry for, we counted it up the other night with Reese and Jenny. I've been doing full-time church ministry for 30 years. Wow. And that blows my mind because it doesn't feel like 30 to me. <laughs> it, not at all. Not even close to that number. I just heard that you're older than me. That's what I heard. <laughs> People have a tendency to, to not believe that, but that's true. And it's on record. <laughs> it is on record. Yeah. <laughs> but what, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. 30 so, yeah. so to, to hear, I'd never heard uh, in my many, many years of ministry, I've never heard a pastor break down for me. What is a church? Hmm. And for that to be included in our vision for Lift Church hmm. is like, Oh my goodness, I got such clarity yesterday. Yeah, there's so many things you can add to being a church. And and they're they're useful. Mm-hmm. They're they're necessary at times, especially for different seasons, different areas, different demographics. God calls us to adapt. The beauty of the church, the body is that it is so fluid and flexible and moving. And that's why we can go to the highways and the byways that you can have a church in in China underground, and you can have a church in in Dallas that is an arena. You know, that's the beauty of it all. But to come back to those essential elements has been my heart. One, I'm a church planter, mm-hmm. and so you you start with the basics always. You start with what are the ingredients I have to begin to do these things that God has called me to do in this city or in this area, and so that's a natural part of my makeup is to come back to being lean. And unintentionally, the church, especially in the Western world, can get can get a little overweight mm-hmm. with all the things. And, and then unintentionally, and I, and I mentioned this on Sunday, in our humanness, we start to add things to or take things away uh, that should be primary, for instance, and it becomes something different than you started with. And you see it again all through Scripture. We, we, we forget we forget, and we just, you know, I, I even referenced the Israelites. They forget that the Lord frees them, and they go back to worshiping idols. We will create idols yeah. out of anything, and it can be traditions. It can be, 
you know, well, that's not the songs we used to sing. It's like it's, and so we that becomes the thing instead of what I've tried to strip it back to again in my leadership, and and, and as a pastor is to say, those things will come and go, things will change, but these are the things we stand on, and that make us the body of Christ, make us the church, the bride. And that's those three elements, which is to lift the name of Jesus, to make sure we're lifting each other uh, as disciples, and then also lifting our community in the name of Jesus. If you do these things, uh, and then and we've kind of given the language of lift because that's the name of our church and our sure. house. And so, uh, but the, if you're doing those things, the author that I quoted, uh, Brian Sanders, who talks about micro churches, he calls it worship, community, mission. But it's the lordship of Jesus, discipling one another. And then also reaching your community with the gospel, and then also helping those in need. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're you're a church, and you're foundationally standing on the right things. And I think in the Western culture of church, I think our idea has been, oh wait, it's got to be more complicated than that. And you remove the complications when you shared this so, just so standardly yesterday, and fatherly, you. I saw you in a different light yesterday. Hmm. So I, I have always seen you as Pastor Micah, right? Yeah. Um, that's no secret. I saw you as the father role yesterday wow. Wow. and a father telling his family, this is what is ahead of us. Hmm. This is the mountain and this is what we're going to do because this is this these are the ingredients that make that. Yeah. And so I saw that yesterday. That blesses it, it blesses me. me. Yeah, that blesses me. That That's definitely the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working in the moments because, yeah, I, I don't know if I've, I saw myself that way, mm-hmm. you know, for sure, but I was, I burned for it. Yeah. Like I burned for, why, why do we come together? You know, why are we here? You'll hear our team even say that a lot because it's coming out of my time with them as well. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> and and if, if you come together in such a manner that I'm trying to sell you something or I'm trying to entertain an audience, et cetera, et cetera, like any other reason than the Lordship of Jesus Christ and glorifying and praising his name as a people, you start to build and add to in such a manner that it's, if if you were to follow the illustration of you saying, I spoke as a spiritual father in that moment, that's not who we are as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my boys, I tell my daughter, um, you know, we have our little mottos as a family. Sure. I say, we're Rickles. What does that mean? And they say, well, we're kind, we're encouraging, and we look for lonely people. That's what we do. And so when we leave the house, that's how we live. And so I'm talking to my church family. Yeah. And I say, we're Lift Church. What does that mean? We lift the name of Jesus, we lift each other in Jesus, and we lift our community to Jesus. This is what we do. That's awesome. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I, I'm, I am what a simple I, man. And what I also love about what you're saying right now is uh, they can't see it, but mm-hmm. I can see the tears welling up in your yeah. eyes as you declare that. Yep. And this clarifies for me that you are operating as the father of the house now. Yeah. The son has become the father. I feel, and I we feel receive responsibility. as a church. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that blesses me. You just feel a responsibility uh-huh. to, to do those things. And it, one day long after me, and I say these things from stage all the time, yeah. I want them to remember the name of Jesus. If we all do that, if, if let's say we have um, 600 people, you know, on a Sunday gathering or, or whatever it may be, you know, say a thousand, make it easy. If a thousand people all have the same heart 
to have everyone around them remember the name of Jesus. What does that do to how full heaven is one day? Yeah. Like that's, that is, it burns in me. Mm-hmm. There is a zeal and a desire for me to see a community of people doing that and a, and a network of communities of people doing those things. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're, uh, you speak so kindly of me and honoring of me, um, but I, you know, I'm, I try to be very genuine with these things, man. I'm, it's out of my heart. My honor is genuine too. I know. I, I love in the vision statement that you shared yesterday, the vision of Lift Church. I wrote it right here in my Bible, mm-hmm. chapter 28 of Matthew. The vision of Lift Church is to lift the name of Jesus above all else in every facet of society that we encounter both locally and globally. Mm. And if you go back and comb through this very scripture that you shared, that's the same essence and order in which Jesus gives the Great Commission. Go to the mountain Mm -hmm. that I tell you. And when they got there, they worshiped him. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he was the mountain. Mm -hmm. And that's the very first statement, to lift the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm sitting here, I'm in awe right now yeah. in this moment because I didn't catch that till just right wow. now. And that is the, that's the foundation of the vision. That's the foundation of our house. Mm-hmm. And as long as Christ is the foundation, you, you showed it so well yesterday with the Jenga blocks, yeah. uh, we stand. Yes. And as long as he remains the, the foundation of the vision, the foundation of our heart, we stand. Yes. Yeah, he is the, the cornerstone. Uh-huh. He's it. He's the foundation. Uh, he's the rock on which we stand. All of the scriptures, all of the songs point to this. <laughs> I could that, sing that, a thousand yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, this is it. And we know it. We know it. Mm-hmm. My heart is to remind us of it and to keep us focused on that. And this idea of going globally, I believe that. I believe God is calling us not only to minister here to our community, but to take this same heart, this foundational thinking of Christ, mm-hmm. and take it all over the globe. And if you read both passages, so I also read from Acts chapter 1, he says, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. To all the nation and to the ends of the earth. And, and the way we've orchestrated as a leadership, the vision statement is to do that. That wherever we find ourselves, in every facet of society, and that means the role that you're in in society, that means an interaction you have in society. That means everything mm-hmm. that you encounter, are you lifting the name of Jesus in that? Many times it's seen as us vocally lifting the name of Jesus. It is that in word, but I tried to emphasize even on Sunday, it's in the way you live. And that's why for 2024 being a year of surrender, it, it's this posture of we are doing away with the things of the world and living for Jesus Christ, he and he alone. And as we do that, we parent different, we're married different, we work different, we're a different neighbor, I'm different to the traffic in Venice. It's just, you're just a different guy, a different woman, whatever that may be. And so that is my heart. When I speak to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, one, we gather to worship him, but then we live in worship unto him. That that's even when you look more at that, than just the action of surrender, it's cultivating a continual heart of surrender. Yes, yeah, that uh, living in a surrendered posture all the time, because I think that's what. And so I even on Sunday I read from Romans mm-hmm. chapter twelve, a living sacrifice that is operating in surrender at all times. That's good. It's so foreign to our culture. 
Mm-hmm. And it can be so difficult for us to go, yeah, but what about I, my finances? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about I need <laughs> yeah. this, Lord? And, and there is a place for that, and God meets us in our needs. It says in Scripture that He is near to the brokenhearted. So God is going to be in those spaces, but we don't gather to get something from Him. Mm-hmm. We gather to be with Him because He's the greatest thing we can get. Yes, and then is. out of the overflow of that, we receive the healings and the provision, et cetera, et cetera. And so it, it has to be a lifestyle of following him in every way, finances, marriage, et cetera, et cetera. So. I love that. You shared the three elements that are necessary for to be considered a church or to call a church a church. And I love that you address this, especially now because we have an entire society of our culture, Western culture, that has seen uh, church defined as one thing. Mm. And how I heard you share yesterday and preach that God is redefining what it, what it is mm-hmm. um, through these three elements, uh, worship, community, and mission. And I think it would be beneficial to break each one of these down again yeah. uh, for, for your listeners because um, the conversation's gonna continue. Yeah. Because the you have we have a culture of people we have generations of people now that are looking to return to the church but they need to know that it's different than what it had become. Yeah, well, I think it's worthy to note it's not about one individual. Mm-hmm. You know, these building blocks. It's not like oh, well, you got a, a great worship band, right? <laughs> you know, it's not um, things that people in many ways start to look for or talk about when they talk about church. Um, the first is, and, and this is what I emphasize Sunday, worship is the idea that Jesus is Lord. So that is, and, and I try to make sure that they're not seen as equal parts, as building blocks to the basics of what a church is, that the Lordship of Jesus is what the starting point is. It's the foundational piece. And then the other two pieces that make up the house of a church are built on that. Mm-hmm. It's the foundational one. And so we gather around a common covenant that Jesus Christ is who the scriptures say he is. Amen. That he is the son of God who lived a sinless life, came to this earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, then died on the cross for our sins. On the third day, he rose again that we might have life everlasting when we believe on him. Mm -hmm. This is the gospel. But this is the idea that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And none of us get to God apart from Jesus. So we live in a posture that we are his disciples, Mm. that he is Lord, and he's king over our lives. We kind of come underneath of his sovereignty. You know, he's, he's sovereign in general, but it's the idea of him being a king. Now we are under his kingdom. And as we live that way, now we can start to talk about the other elements of a church. Is that where some some circles would call that a theocracy, a theocratic? Yes. Or, or different? Um, no, I, it's not necessarily different. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it it can be considered that. But in general, the the main thing is. Yeah. Yes, I, I would say yes. There's some similarities there. Okay. We've used the term theocratic. Okay. But um, the lordship of Jesus is paramount, I think is the most important thing that I would want everyone to know. Okay. If we don't have that piece, then you're just um, the moose lodge. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're the Shriners. Uh huh. You can you can gather together in in a community kind of feel, and you can go and do something to make a difference in in your um, city. Uh, or but you're, you're missing Christ. But you're missing Christ. Christ is the main common covenant that we all have to have as being a church. Amen. That's it. Like, and so without that, you again are are missing. You are no longer a church. You cease to be a church. That's good. And so then, when you look at the other two pieces, the the language can be confusing because of the way I've written the vision, and I have to be cautious with this. Okay. And we'll talk more, I'm sure, in other podcasts and things and from the stage. But community for them was what we would say lift each other. Community is the internal idea of being a church inside of the four walls people that we are for each other. In the way that this author talks about community, that's what he's speaking of. I spoke of lift our community at the very end, which is our missional piece. We lift each other. This author would say community. Mm-hmm. He says, then we go on mission. I would say lift our community, which is around us. Okay. That's the only confusion that I was concerned about with people. Okay. So as I define what he's talking about when he's talking about community, for us, it's lift each other, which is the internal scripture that you can even like looking at Romans 12 for instance, would go further to say that we love genuinely. And, I, and I've said it many times on Sunday, when you weep, we weep. Yes. When you rejoice, we rejoice. It's this idea that none of us thinks that we're better than anyone else. It's the idea that Paul would talk about us being a body. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, that all of us have our place in this thing. And as we're together, we lift each other up in Christ because what we're actually doing is we're growing in discipleship. Mm-hmm which happens in community, but also inside of that community of faith, we're taking care of one another. There is a love and a connection that happens where you hear churches talk about the language of being a family. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that. If you have worship, Lordship of Jesus Christ, we lift Jesus above all things. You have community. We lift each other. We're for each other. We're discipling each other. We're growing each other in the things of faith. And then you have the last piece, which is mission, according to the author. And I would say in our language, lift our community, which really is you're taking the gospel to the areas around where you've been placed and you're meeting needs in the area around which you've been placed. Now, with those three building blocks, you're being the very basics. Ten people can do this. They're a church. Five people can do this. They're a church. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, and you are doing these things. He says, you gave me a cup of water when I was thirsty. You clothed me when I needed clothes. You're reading my heart. You see what I'm saying? Like If Uh if there's two or three that are doing these things, technically, according to this definition, they're a church. And what we know about churches is they... When they're healthy and they're doing this, if there's two or three, eventually it becomes six and nine. Yes. Because you're doing the things that we're talking about. Because the kingdom is always on increase. Yes. You're you're always going out. Well, healthy things grow. We've heard that in the church planting world and the church world in general. But also they reproduce. They're, They're multiplying. Disciples should beget disciples. 
if if we're doing these things right according to what Scripture is teaching us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to go too far down this trail. That's There's so many so things that good. I could unpack. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to stay with That's, number one, which yeah. is the Lordship mm-hmm. of Jesus, which is where we're at right now in the vision. But these are the building blocks that you asked me to kind of clarify mm-hmm. a little bit um, that we're going to continue to unpack. Even next week, we're going to talk about lifting each other and discipleship in general and then just being the body. And I come back to the text where uh, Jesus literally says, they will know you are my disciples in the way you love one mm-hmm. another. You know, not love the enemies. That's a portion too. Don't get me wrong. Not love the city. Not hunger or feed the hungry. He, he says specifically in the way you love one another. Being, he's talking to his disciples in this moment of the discourse. And so uh, that's next week, which I'm very excited for. So, so then, uh, I'm careful to ask this next next question. Then, how do we? How do we make him, or do we? How do we make him Lord? Mm-hmm. Well, first, you believe. Mm-hmm. Belief is the, the henchman. It says, by faith. And, and so we are saved by grace through faith. Sure. And, and so for, for anyone who is coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ, it starts with faith. I would say it's sustained through that same faith. Yeah. And here's why I say it. Religion and legalism starts to say at a certain point now it's your job. Yeah. But recently I was listening and I heard uh, there's a um, pastor, Francis Chan. Man. And he talked about uh, the text in Hebrews chapter 12 where he says mm-hmm. he's the author and he's the perfecter. And so there's a beauty in this that one, he's the one who wrote it. One and, of and my I'm, favorite messages. Yeah, I've, so uh-huh, good. You yeah, heard it too. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, it, but it, he says he's the one who who wrote the story of my salvation. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who sees it through to perfection. Yes. And so I would say to make Jesus Lord is faith at the start, faith in the middle, and faith, faith at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. It really is, 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 is if it becomes more than that, now you start to leave Ephesians 2 that says no man can boast, and you start to boast in your own efforts. Even unintentionally, you start to think that it's your work and pride creeps in. Mm-hmm. And so the fruits of the Spirit are not the fruits of Micah. That's good. They're the fruits of the Spirit that's through good. Micah. Yeah. You know, and that's different. And, and how do you have the Spirit working in your life? Faith. You and, and Joey and many of us have been teaching from the stage that you die to yourself, yep. which is really saying it's not me, it's not mm-hmm. my efforts, it's not my doings, it's the Lord. And as you do that and you believe that he's going to do it, he does it through you. And we, we'll say things like this, and it's common language, but I do it all the time, that he's going to do it in me and through me. Amen. And, and so the lordship of Jesus is that. And, and you know where I think we struggle? And Paul would write things like, don't, do, don't get weary in doing good, is we have a tendency to believe that faith in him will produce a transactional result in our situations. Yeah. And we've got to be cautious with that. Faith in him is faith in him despite situation. Mm -hmm. And so lordship of Jesus is not lordship of Jesus only when it is lordship or or, the lordship of Jesus only when it's lordship of Jesus all the time. And so when it's going bad, that's when you have to stick to your faith, even in the midst of those moments and cling to him and not give up because 
many times on the other side of sticking it out and saying, mm-hmm. he's still Lord, he's still Lord, I'm still going to praise his name, that's when you see the fruits of what God has been working on all along, and you go, oh, that's what you were doing. But we give up so soon and go, well, this whole di- idea of dying to myself is not working. I need to take it up again and do it myself Yeah, because God's not showing up. Don't do that. A surrendered people, again, that we're talking about uh, this, this year so just says, Lord, I'm going to stay with you no matter what. You're the right thing. And, and it's not my strength. God will call you to still do things. I'm not telling us to lay around as you know bumps on a log. Right. I, I'm saying, but he's got to be the lead. He's the voice. He's the motivator. He's the one that directs and guides, and his will be done. If you do that, you start to see. And oh, and I was. this just brings to mind as I'm talking to you. I talked to the staff this past Tuesday, and I was telling them about the story of Naaman in 2 Kings. Mm-hmm. And... I just read it recently in my Bible readings as I was going through this year, and the prophet tells him, he, he goes to the prophet and says, I want to be healed of my leprosy. And the prophet tells him, well, go and dunk yourself in the river seven times. And he's, he gets mad. Literally, the text says he gets angry and goes, I thought, is the way the text reads in the NIV translation. He says, I thought that the prophet would come down here, wave his hand over my leprosy, say these things to his God, and it would go away. And he had these specific expectations of what would produce the miracle in his life. And the Lordship of Jesus teaches us that he's in control of the process and the final product. And that's the difference. That's what I would say to people is you hang on to him through whatever that process is, because you will find moments where you're going to say, God, I thought it was going to go this way, and you're going to get angry. Now, the blessing of the Naaman story is he does come back and follow through with the obedience and finds his healing, but that's when he finds his healing. And I would say our obedience in the Lordship of Jesus is to maintain him as Lord at all times through faith. Amen. Not our own power, not our own strength, not our own design, not our own plan, (laughs) him. And so I'm preaching. Here's what we're doing. I'm already preaching. I don't I know how long it. we've been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hit right back another point that you made yesterday, uh, but some doubted. Yeah. And and I feel like the the vision, the, the mission, everything that you shared yesterday was a message for everybody. Everybody that's all on board mm-hmm. and everyone's like, mm, I don't know if it's going to work. I, don't, I just don't know. Some doubted. But you said you gave us... This helped me so much. It really helped me. You gave us the space to doubt. Number one, mm. you told us where to doubt mm. in our community. That's it. If you're going to doubt anywhere, the safest place to doubt is with your community. Yeah. And that just yeah, that just ate me up yesterday because I've walked in doubt. I've me too. Like, Man. I, you know what? I, I love doubters. Yeah. <laughs> Because I am one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at any given moment, yeah. uh, we all are. To, sure. to, to have this facade that you're, you, know, you aren't is unnecessary. Yeah. You know, I still love Jesus, uh-huh. Ron. Ron, I pass Ron, I love Jesus. Yeah. I, I still doubt him at times. Uh-huh. And the beauty of what I saw when I read that is he still had him there. Yeah, he still <laughs> loves doubting Thomases. <laughs> you know, he yeah. he still loves doubting Micahs mm-hmm. and and doubting Rons and yeah. um, people in the room. And and 
we need to make space for that. Mm-hmm. Because there should be a certain amount of doubt because that's where faith faith is required. And it's where faith shines. Amen. <laughs> yeah, what what need of I of faith if I don't have a doubt, technically. Yeah. Doubt is because there's a gap yeah. between the expectations and realities. Mm-hmm. That's where faith lives. Yes. That's also where doubt lives. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're in the so same space. Good. Yeah, so, so good. F- people full of faith and people full of doubt are in the same space. They're just navigating it a little bit differently during that season. And I think that's the beauty of being community and lifting each other, which again is is coming up this coming week to discuss this. Man, that's one. You're doubting with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's in the room with us. He's in the passage. He's he's talking to the doubters, yeah. <laughs> and so I love that. But two, you're doubting with some that are still believing. Yeah, and you need that. One, if you walk away from the Lord in your doubt, that's... you lose the anchor, you lose the foundation that will help keep you stable. Because I'm just going to let you know, chaos continues. Yes, it does. And then. On top of that, you don't have brothers and sisters that are holding you up, um, praying over you and encouraging you, and sometimes just listening. You know what a good f- a friend is? Is someone who lets me doubt at times, but doesn't let me stay there. Amen. You know, it's and you've you've been there for me, just like walking with me. And you me. for me. Yeah. We've just <laughs> both of us talking to each other and saying, Man, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if God's in this or not, you know, sure. which preachers aren't allowed to say that. And I'm like, because <laughs> God's in everything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but I know yeah. how I feel right uh-huh. now. And I think that to be a genuine person, you have to understand that doubt comes. Mm-hmm. And uh in our house, I pray. I pray doubters show up. I yeah. pray that they feel welcome. And I pray that they feel loved. And I pray they don't feel judged. Amen. And I pray that they know that we did we doubt too. Yeah. We doubt too. The difference is when you're together in a community, none of us let um, the others linger in doubt forever. And um, that's the beauty. How do we partner with you as a church? to see this take place ahead of us now and ahead of us. Hmm. Yeah. I think through this year, that's why I sense the surrendering. Mm -hmm. You can only surrender your own heart. You can't surrender somebody else's. And so it begins there that in, in every person that desires to see this vision and, and this church and this specific community of faith move forward in what that seems like the Lord is calling us to, and we feel that, you have to start with you as the individual. And as an individual, if you surrender to the Lord and you make him Lord of your life fully and completely to the best of your ability and faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's where you start. Okay. Because that's that's the New Testament church. Yeah. It's not about you being exactly like Micah. Mm-hmm. It's not about me being exactly like you. It's each of us in our individuality collectively going after Jesus. 
And if we do that, then that's what changes the world. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's his name will be lifted in that above all of ours. And then we win. Amen. Because he wins. Amen. And and so I would say start there if 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 I was to ask anything. And I've said these kind of things tongue in cheek here recently, but I pray at my funeral they walk in and say, That dude never shut up about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And I tear yeah. up because mm-hmm. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I, if they do that in their own individual way, they start to to just not shut up about Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's beautiful, and because He's glorified, and yeah. I know that's right, Ron. Yes, sir. I know that's right. Yeah, He is the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. and I know glorifying Jesus is right. And the enemy will do everything to stop us from doing it. Everything. He'll try to distract us. He'll try to throw us off in our own drift of his humankind. <laughs> he'll, he'll do everything yeah. to distract us. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all maintain that course of doing it individually, it helps us collectively. Yes, it does. Because when I don't feel like doing it, but you still are, <laughs> praise God, mm-hmm. it will help pull me back on track and vice versa. That's that Paul and Timothy that so stirring true. up that fire. Yeah, don't forget those things, Timothy. Wow. Yeah. So, well, today, man, it's, uh, we could keep going, I think. I mean, we could talk the rest <laughs> of the day. Yeah. I pray this ministers to someone and uh, helps them to just hear more of the heart for our house and, and just kind of my leadership and what God is doing in me, too. I think that's important. And uh, I'd love you, man. I, I genuinely love you. Love you. Thank you. You'd be, you are a brother to me, and uh, we spent already... Before we recorded anything right now, I think mm-hmm. we talked for two hours. Yep. So <laughs> um, just um, I, I thank you so much for being a part of these moments. I um, Thank you for having me. Oh, my, yeah. You are always welcome, as you know. You you come anytime <laughs> and, and bunk on our couch and, and stay and, and continue to be a part of these things. And uh, I'm just going to ask, if, would you do this for me? Would you pray? We'll see you in this moment. We'll pray, and then we'll kind of cut it off and let... Uh, our team do as they will with it. But just, would you pray for Lyft? Would you pray for uh, the people listening and just uh, ask the Lord to be glorified in all these things? Yeah. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work that you are doing here at Lyft Church in Venice, Florida. Father, we bless you for the days ahead, God, that the thing that comes to mind, Lord, when I sit here and pray, is eye has not seen and ear has not heard those things that you have prepared. Lord, we're grateful to partner with you in what you are doing in these last days. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to be poured out in the hearts of every person that gathers together and calls lift their home. I pray that we would continue to be focused on the name and the presence of Jesus. And Lord, those who are struggling to see the vision, those who have been struggling in their sight to see the things that you are doing through Pastor Micah and Megan and the team and the the church and the family of Lyft, I pray, Father, that you would continue to open blinded eyes, that you would set our sights 
on the mountain that you are calling us to, that you would help us, Father, to be able to see clearly the path, Lord, that you are blazing in front of us. Continue to stir up the gift inside of each and every person, the fire of the Lord that burns in the presence of Jesus that is so evident. Lord, when, he, when we come together and gather, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to fan those flames of revival and awakening inside of us. And Lord, I say this a lot. I ask this a lot. Don't let us miss anything that you're doing. And we know, God, I know you won't let us miss it. We bless you today, Jesus. We bless our Lyft family. We speak the blessing and favor of the Lord to follow them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen.